Hi, this is Tina Black, and this is the B-Series Podcast. Today, we'll be exploring untold stories of transformation and leadership. We hope you'll subscribe and check out the B-Books and send us your stories of transformation after listening. Okay, so today, I am not even kidding you, but I am sitting here with Gino Stampora, and it is crazy because I have had this dream to even just talk to you alone for so many years, and now I'm interviewing you for my podcast. And I've been in this business, Gino, for 21 plus years, and to be able to interview you. And I'll tell you, if you're listening to this and you're in the beauty industry and you don't know who Gino Stampora is, I'm telling you, it's like not knowing who Brad Pitt is. Hello. (laughs) Everybody knows who Gino Stampora is. And it's so crazy because I'm I'm sitting there looking at your bio and and I tell you everything that you've accomplished and especially in all the magazines that you've written for and, and been a part of. And I know you've been in this industry a long time, but few few people in this industry achieve what you have achieved and to be you know on the Naha Leadership Award too is just absolutely incredible. Gino, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank yeah. you. Pleasure to be really here. This is really special. This is wonderful. Thank you. Really wonderful. And Gino, you got to speak to our future professionals this morning, so of course I took all kinds of notes, Good. and I was thinking, oh man, I really have to ask you a ton of questions here, but I think the first question that came to mind that I want to ask you is you said earlier that there's no one in this room that was poorer than me, but you didn't share that whole part of that story yeah. of being poor. Will yeah. you share that oh, with sure. us? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I try to talk about it first of all because I think, I think a lot of people, uh, they're trying to find something to blame. Uh, they're trying to find a reason why they're not successful. They're trying to, and we grew up so poor. I actually tell a story about, I had five sisters. I only wore my sister's hand-me-downs. I actually, when I got older, realized my fourth or fifth grade teachers probably looked at me and said, he's going to be a hairdresser. Look at the way he's dressed. Because I always had girls' clothes on. <laughs> I never had guys' clothes on. I didn't have guys' clothes. Wow. But, there, you know, when, when you grow up that poor, Tina, you, you, you have a hunger, a thirst, a drive that most can't compete with. And I think that's what makes poor people successful, so. Yeah. I like them to I like to try to pull away from the students when I talk to them. Don't give me excuses. Yeah. Give me solutions. Show me what you're doing. Show me what you're changing. Yeah, don't you know? give me excuses. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I love uh, Wayne Claybaugh's quote, if you if you're good at coming up with excuses, you'll never be good at anything else. Yeah. And I actually had to adapt that many years ago because I was that excuse maker. Well, you know, sure, was constantly. So was I. Yeah. Let me ask you this. So because I know you've obviously have had a lot of transformational moments to get to where you are today but as you think about the time that you were poor and that you had decided you're wearing your sister's clothes which is funny in itself because back in those days that is not too funny yes, very <laughs> i'm much sure you so. got made fun very of so. i'm sure there had to be a lot very of adversity so. that came with that was it always hairdressing that you chose or why did you choose the hairdressing industry i never chose hairdressing i fell in i went to beauty school because i wanted to meet the girls there and I just wanted to get my hair cut. <laughs> and truthfully, I think you heard me tell the story. Mm-hmm. When my when my administrator of the school, Bill Kennedy, asked me my name and I told him I was Gino, and he turned around and he said, you know, you could be a success in the beauty industry. I was 23. I was broke. I had nothing. I was looking for 
messages from God. I was looking for the answer on a bulletin board or on a, on a and I drove home and I thought that was a message. Maybe mm -hmm. I should go back and so I did. And though I, I never mastered the craft of cutting hair or coloring hair or perming hair, I always had a great business and great employees and great co-workers and, and great customers. It was just, uh, it's meant to be, was the greatest gift I ever gave myself was to get involved. But mm -hmm. nothing ever pushed me there, you know? And yeah. now I look at some of these students and think, how lucky are you? How mm -hmm. lucky are we that this industry, nothing quite like us, just yeah. nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I know you and I were talking earlier that a lot of our students will come into our school and their parents want them to be doctors and lawyers. And I love your story because you said your neighbor, you had a doctor and a lawyer and you made more money than them. Both Ta of talk them. about that. Let's, yep. let's cut yep. right to the chase on that well, one. <laughs> my, my personal MD, uh, who was my MD for many, many years, who's now retired, every time I came in, he would say to me, boy, I should have been you and not me. He said, he said, at least hair grows back, mm -hmm. or if you color it wrong, at least the color, you can change it. He says, my clients, if I, my patients, if I do something wrong, they die. Yeah. He said, or they get real sick, or, you know, uh -huh. I should have done that too. Mm -hmm. I think I think that uh, people that don't understand the opportunity for career in this industry would be the people that might shy away from it, but I have hundreds and hundreds of friends that do better than most, that yeah. have a better... Uh, a grade of living than most that have really been mm -hmm. successful and some of them have never cut hair it's, it's like your little student there that said to me what else could I do and I said a million things yeah there's a within this industry mm -hmm. there's a million things to do so yeah. yeah I love that what do you think as we move forward in this industry because I have a, a business called next level salon business so I've been coaching salon owners because of my own mistakes that I've made in the past. I lost almost $100,000 in my first salon years ago, and now we've op we're opening up our fourth salon here pretty it. quick. And, and it's just amazing the things that I've learned through that process. But as you look at the industry to date, and I know you're around so many people, you see so many successful people, what would you say is the biggest mistake people are making right now in the industry that you would love for, to be able to tell everybody? What's an untold story? <laughs> Uh, trying to become a salon owner too fast. Yeah. Uh, trying to establish your own salon, whether it's a room or a or a three thousand square foot uh, building, mm -hmm. um, the cost of doing business is more expensive than it's ever been before. Uh, this year, they say for every salon that opens, a salon will close. One out of two. One out of two. Yeah. And I think that's terrible odds. I think that if people would think through. Mm -hmm. the process and understand that you need financial backing, you need business understanding, you need to be able to pay your taxes and understand how and when to do all that stuff. I think that's probably the hardest thing to deal with. That and of course speaking to your students today to say to some of them, you're not going to make it. You know, and I think all of them should and all of them could. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's any reason why they can't, but I try to help people especially that want to get into the be business for themselves to understand mm -hmm. that if you're meant to do that, that'll come with time. Yeah. You know, I made the mistake of being a salon owner long before I should have. Yeah. I just wanted to own my own mm -hmm. company, but I wasn't mm -hmm. prepared to be a leader. I didn't understand how to move people, and I didn't understand the money aspect. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So, that's, that's the whole... 
the whole thing is they don't understand the, the money aspect. And I believe the same thing if you're a sweet owner. It's the same thing. You're a business owner. And it's just such a big mistake. And I'll tell you, Gino, when every time I meet a brand new class in my school, about 80% of the hands go up that want to own a salon. Uh-huh about 80%, yeah. sometimes all of them. Yeah. And that's why yeah. they go into this industry. Whereas years ago, I've been in this for 21 years, I would ask, you know, is what do you want to do? Not one hand would go up. It's totally changed. And yeah. we have some really great entrepreneur mindsets. So what do you think that they need to do to get prepared? A lot. And it's harder today than it's ever been before because mm-hmm. they're in a hurry. Yeah. They're in a bigger hurry than we are. Yeah. I think they should do a lot. I think that they should find 10 or 15 salon owners that they know and talk to them. Go in and interview them. What's been their greatest challenges? What are they going through? I think they should go to the library and constantly be reading a book on business, a book on marketing, a book on money, a book mm-hmm. on, on how much your expenses should be and, and how much you're going to look at for profit. Because some people think you own a salon and you make all this money. And uh, the best run salons in America, I don't know any that make 10% of what's taken in. You know, that's, yeah. a, that's a tough number. So I think that that would be the most important part is really to prepare yourself, read and study, read and study, and get to know people that are in the business and find out from them. If you can share your failure with me, maybe I can prevent it from happening you yeah. know, in my world. Yeah. And then, of course, the other thing, I think it's so important to build relationships with people where uh, they like you, they enjoy you, they trust you. Mm-hmm. I used to always pride myself on creating an environment where my employees could be the most profitable and have the most fun. Yeah. And that would be what we remove the stress, be profitable, have fun, be productive. And I would always be looking at how can I set that stage for them. And I think that really makes a difference, you yeah. know, too. You, you're going to have to have people around you to help you. So mm-hmm. you're going to have to be trustworthy and respected. And you're going to have to be a, uh, I'll never forget my first employee that, that, that left my salon. And she said, I'd like to have an exit interview. And I was like, the hell's an exit interview? I, don't even, I didn't even know what that was. So we had an exit interview. And she told me that she loved me and that I was so much fun and it was so great, but that I really wasn't a good leader. And I really didn't teach them too much of anything. And I just kind of left it on them to go and do their thing. And when she left, she gave me this 33 and a third vinyl album by Doug Cox called mm-hmm. The Challenge of Success. And... I fell in love with Doug. We've been friends up to today. I mean, I love Doug Cox, but I listened to that album over and over again, just about being a leader and and life and what you bring other people and how to be fair and how to be honest and how to be constant. I called her up and I said, please come back. I'm going to be what I never was before. How much I, she said, I'm not going to come back, but I'm glad, I'm happy that you, that you learned, that you grew, you know, from that. Yeah, that's so powerful. So I'm going to call this series, because this is called the B-Series, Untold Stories of Leadership Transformation. So I'm going to call this Be Prepared, because this is what I kept hearing you all today. So be prepared. I don't care what industry you're in. You've got to be prepared. My husband, as I mentioned earlier, was a lawyer, and he just was not prepared. And so he had to get into the space of getting prepared, right? Right, right. And so, and even getting in preparation of exiting, because he just retired this year, you know? And so it's just an interesting facet. But he's the same thing. He always tells everybody, don't go into law, be a hairdresser. (laughs) That's his his Uh motto, too, like your friend that was a physician. And, you know, it's funny when you talk about be prepared. One of the things I tell beauty people all the time is I script everything. 
and I'm known for scripting. Mm -hmm. I script my opening when I meet people outside of the, the salon. So if somebody says to you, what do you do for a living? I had it scripted. I'm a hair image professional. I have the privilege of working with the greatest team at a wonderful salon. Our passion is contagious. Mm -hmm. I have a card. I'd love to see you. Yeah. That's so much better than, oh, I do hair. Really far away. Yeah. You know? Hello. So <laughs> I even tell my friends when you talk about being prepared, that mm -hmm. I would script sometimes my conversations with my children just to make sure I mm. was really prepared. I had it right. And I kind of feel like if you're not prepared, what are you setting yourself up for? Yeah. Mystery? I want to be set up for success. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. I think that's the biggest challenge that I have, Gino, with salon owners. Usually they come to me when it's too late. Right. And they're, you right. know, they're just desperate right. right now. And they're held hostage by their staff right. because they know that they're all going to walk out, right, at this point. And I'll sit down and ask them, okay, do you have any systems in writing? And they're like, what systems? You mean my front desk systems? Well, yeah, that too. But everything. Yeah. I don't care what it is. You have to have it. You have to have it scripted. They don't even know. They don't know. They don't even know what to script. No. You know, I'll say to them sometimes, so who takes care of your front desk at night? Uh, oh, we've got a really nice high school girl that was yeah. a, that was a client, mm -hmm. and uh, she does it. I said, so you put your mm -hmm. whole career in the hands of a high school girl at the front desk. Right. And somebody's going to call and say, who's good? What's she going to say? They're, they're, well, they're all good. Oh, they're good. They're mm -hmm. good. They're all really good. Oh, you'll <laughs> like them. They're good. They're good. She doesn't know what to say. You know, if you Click. think about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, be prepared for everything. I love it. So I actually want to go through this list real quick because you made a list with the future professionals. I felt like it was the preparation list. And the first thing you said was do things right. And I'll tell you, I am on the rampage right now of making sure setting up the foundation with the salon. Make sure that you're in, in, integral with your business, first of all. Yes. Make sure you're following Department of Labor laws. Make sure that you are doing things right and make sure that you're paying people right, right? So they're in the building, so you should be paying them an hourly wage. And so, you know, maybe it's hourly plus commission or hourly versus commission. They're in your building. You know, pay your people right and so doing things right so what do you what would you say for you would be more of that facet of doing things right to be prepared uh reading well and learning from a book uh being observant throughout the day and learning from mm -hmm. the day learning from people um just to say uh, to do things right would just be more so to be conscious than unconscious Mm. I don't want to be doing things unconscious. I want to do things consciously on purpose, yeah. you know, and try mm -hmm. to be as right as I can be. And I'll tell you, I think you probably know Steve Cowan. Oh, yes. From, I love Steve Cowan. Steve is who I learned that from. <laughs> that, that was what Steve and Aww. I talked about one night in the car driving a long way home. And I was like, mm -hmm. well, I'm really going to make that be sort of my purpose in life. Yeah. Just to do things right, to pay attention, to, yeah. to really be prepared. So. That would be about yeah. it. And for them, I just try to get, the, for the students, I mean, I try to get them to understand that the, to do things right is to have the mentality the last week you're here that you had the first week you were here. Yeah. To have the respect the last mm -hmm. week that you had the first week. The love, the passion, the excitement, and the understanding that everything gets old if you let it. Yeah. You know, it's your job to 
to keep that alive. Mm -hmm. So that's great. Yeah, that's beautiful. Okay, so number two, um, you said have passion. And I'm with you, Gino, because you were saying that you said some some people, even God can't help them because they yeah. have no passion. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I mean, I see so many people that'll say, oh, I love this industry, and they have a frown on their face. And so talk to that person right now. How can they get and, ma and or maintain passion? First of all, if you're happy, tell your face. Yeah. So your face looks mm -hmm. like you're happy. Secondly, you know, I think people, laymen, equate passion to expertise. Yeah. So I think if you just act passionate about what you do, they assume you're better. Yeah. They assume you're good at what you do. People like passionate people. Passion is contagious. It makes things wonderful. It makes things exciting. And I think what a lot of people don't realize is it, it's our personal preference, priority, personal priority to keep the passion alive. Mm. You know, you've got to reinstill. I mean, there's days I hate hair, but I certainly wouldn't share it with anybody. I, you know, there was times I, I mentioned it. I had clients I would rather wrap the blow dryer cord around their necks and strangle them than I would blow right. them dry. But those are the days you have to pretend, you know, mm -hmm. and, and you know it's going to go away. And then you, yeah. you rebuild and reinstill that passion again. I try to look for the things I love about what I do. Yeah. You know, because I mm -hmm. think that helps me to stay passionate. But yeah. I hope that answered your question. No, I love that because I also see a lot of hairstylists on social media not looking too passionate about what they do. And if they don't think that their clients are watching them, you know, so maybe they're berating their guests or saying something bad about their clients. It's like sad. that's just, there's no place yes, for that. I agree. And you can ruin your career. No. Yeah. Like In that. A New York Minute. New and, you York know, Minute. I tell people all the time. <laughs> <laughs> People don't realize the power of a New York Minute, but the power of a New York Minute is in today's world, one minute, one wrong word, one wrong action, one wrong hug, and your yeah. world has changed yeah. forever. So, yeah, you have, to, you have to really be conscious. And I think for us, uh, I understand social media in a way that uh, I have to remind my grandchildren that's not real, honey. Nothing. Yeah. You, and, you know, I don't know if you noticed, but they did just come out with a... Uh, most of what a 50-year-old reads on the internet, they don't believe. Most of what a 25-year-old reads on the internet, they believe. Really? Yeah. Wow. It's just a matter of what you've grown up yeah. with. And I'm looking at it mm -hmm. like, wait a minute, and they're looking at it like... So I would say to my grandchildren, that's not really what life is, but... They believe it. People have to be careful. Yeah. The choices that you make. Yeah. You know, life is just a gathering of choices. Show me all your choices. I'll show you where you're at in your life. You yeah. Know? No, 100%. Yeah. I love that. Okay, so uh, number three, show people you care. And I thought that was so huge because I started thinking about how you were talking about how we really need to read people. And I love that you did the personality assessment with everybody. Yeah, I've done fun. that test yeah. before, and I'm also a DISC trainer. Which oh, is, beautiful, yeah. which is and very so, similar. Yeah, very yeah. similar. And, uh, and so talk about that process because I think that's huge. And you mentioned earlier actually something that I think really hit hard. You said uh, that most of men usually do really well in this business, and there's very few men. Men, which is crazy yeah. versus women yeah. and so and I've seen that as well too throughout my years of course in our salons we only have women right now right. for whatever reason right. that is I don't know but it just happened to be that way but talk through that process what do you think the biggest challenge is with that well I think uh, sometimes we in today's world everybody's trying to take the heart out uh, they, they don't want to put their heart in front of what they do. Mm. They don't want to show that they care because then they can't get hurt. Yeah. 
Okay. Uh, they don't want to show that they care because then it doesn't matter whether you come back or not. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, on the other hand, believe that that's one of the, the heart is what's missing in business today. Mm. You know, if you put your heart in business, you're going to be successful. We have a, a, a pizza shop in Washington, D.C., and they were going out of business. And the owner wrote, a, wrote on a big bulletin board as you walked out the door, I'm losing my business and I don't want to. I think I make the best pizza in the world. Wow. If you don't think I do, here's my cell phone, please call me. Now he's got like five business places because he put his heart on the line. Mm -hmm. Call him and let him know whether the pizza's hitting the mark or not. You know, Call him and tell him. So I think people lose sight of, if you show people you care, they almost genuinely care back for you, but they see you in a little bit of a different light. And what we do, our industry, you've, you've got to be a caring person. You've got to care for that guest. Whether you like them or not doesn't matter. You know, like I said yeah. to the kids, look, don't tell me you don't like weirdos because you're all, we're all weirdos. You know, <laughs> what, what matters is that uh -huh. you show them that you care. Yeah. yeah. I love that you said, put your heart in your business and you will be successful. No doubt. You know, and I tell everybody, I've been in this for 21 years and this is my ministry. And I tell everyone, I'm just going to die doing this business. And it's I obvious. Love it. You you yeah. wear it you wear it on your yeah. arm. It's obvious. You you have that. Mm -hmm. You have that, that life and passion and love for, mm -hmm. for what we do. And people just don't realize anymore how important it is to yeah. have heart. And, you know, I tell, when I just got done doing a, big program with my friend Nikki Trowbridge called Mentor and Masters, where we we teach educators, unbranded, just how to educate, how, how to mm. communicate, how to create stories, how to get through to people, how to really grow people, how to bring out the best in others. And in the process of, of, of doing Mentor and Masters, I found it so important to explain to them that when you're a speaker like I am, that you speak from the heart, you chance sometimes doing something wrong because there's no filter here. You might mm -hmm. say something that you wish you didn't say. But the fact of the matter is that when you speak from the heart, they embrace you. And yeah. even if you did say something wrong, they just wait. They know it's going to come back. And yeah. they wait for it to come back. So you, you begin to build kind of a fan club around you. People that, mm -hmm. that love you for who you are and what you do. You know? Yeah. I just think that's so that is, and you know, that's something I've had to like check myself before I wreck myself because out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Absolutely. And, and I've watched myself over the years with my kids, with my husband, and just like, why did you say that? What is going on with your heart? What are you allowing yeah. in? You know, yeah. guard your guard your heart, yeah. right? Yeah. So what, how has that been for you? How have you been able to guard your heart? Because obviously you've been really successful. Everyone loves you. I, I, I would probably say you probably have no enemies. Maybe you think you do but I just how do you do that and how have you how have you been able to protect yourself it's hard you yeah. know that's really hard that's a great question yeah. that I've never been asked before it's really hard because you are mistaken sometimes and you are misread sometimes and I'm very warm I'm very loving I'm, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm very loving I'm very huggy and I have to be very careful in this world that I don't come on too hard or push too far. I'm very Italian, and Italians, we don't have space. <laughs> yeah. There's no space between us, so, right. so I have to be careful that I give mm -hmm. people space. But also, you have to understand that if you put your heart on the line, you're going to get hurt. You're yeah. not, not going to get hurt. Mm -hmm. But you know the agony and the ecstasy. Uh, you're going to have highs mm -hmm. that will outweigh those lows. Yeah. So you have to kind of put up with the lows and know that they're going to happen. There's going to be times I get in the car and say to myself, why were you so nice? Why didn't you just let them have it and tell them how it really was? You know, and I'm like, because it wasn't worth it. It wasn't yeah. what was worth it was how I feel right now about me. You yeah. Know?
No, that's really good. I love that because um, I wear my heart on my sleeve and I've had to really get used to being rejected. And I mean, obviously in this business, you have people that come and go. And I think any business, they come and go. And I used to lose staff members and go home and cry. And it's even worse for you because now you're successful. Mm -hmm. You've got something good going on. Nobody sees how hard you worked and mm-hmm. how many trenches you dug and all the things you did to get there. People think, boy, isn't she lucky? How right. come I'm not that lucky? And all, mm-hmm. one of the things I tell people that are like me, it's very hard to be like me. There's a lot of people going to resent you. You're going to think you're on drugs, going to think you're not for real, going to think mm-hmm. you're a phony. You know, mm-hmm. you've got to be able to, to protect your heart and, and, and fight past that. And just let it yeah. go. Let them go. Although I have to tell you, my, my concept of reacting versus responding and trying to respond to the issue versus reacting to the emotion where I'm heartbroken. I want to call somebody and say, how could you say that or think that? Or I don't have any of that. You know, I'm not, you know, however, it's, uh, I guess it's part of the price you pay for being how we are, but, but it's worth it. It's worth it. It is. And it's, I would say it's the law of sacrifice. Oh, I love it. Yeah, the law of sacrifice because you really kind of sacrifice of what you thought was used to be fun, you know, and being around a lot of different people. But I think for for me and my husband, we're really careful who we allow in our inner circle. I agree. And And you heard me say that today, so am I. Mm -hmm. I'm very careful. Yeah. Matter of fact, I had a friend who we had an issue and I told him I couldn't see him anymore in public. And after he left, my son said, boy, that had to be hard for you to do that. Yeah. I said, you know, it was, but not anymore. Yeah, now, it's easier. either they mm-hmm. fit or they don't. And if they yeah. don't fit, I want them out as quickly as I can. Yeah. Don't affect me. You know, don't affect my psyche and, and my family and, and what, what we've built. You know. Yeah. What's that untold story for you? Because how were you able to grow through that process, Gino, um, to be able to um, withstand um, not people pleasing anymore, but being more of a people challenger and allowing people to kind of, even if it's family sometimes, right, of not allowing them in your inner circle. What's that untold story for you that you were able to accomplish that? I think it's important to have undying respect for others and I mm. always look at others and think that uh, uh, whatever I have going on they have at least that or maybe more going on to never look at somebody and think they don't know what it's like to be me yeah. I'd rather look at them and say I don't know what it's like to be them Beautiful. what's going through you know yeah. they're, they're going in, in there because it gives me just a little more patience and an understanding you know with, yeah. with, with what's to come um, but I also feel like uh, I'm the kind of person where I like it to be heart first I, I have a little thing I tell myself let your heart get home before your head does I don't want to get home and get inside and say, I want to get inside and say, I'm so happy to be home. This is where I belong. This is who I belong with. This, yeah. this is really kind of fun. Uh, uh, but I, I guess uh, I don't know that I have an exact answer for. Yeah. Uh, I think some days it's yeah. easier than others. I mean, mm-hmm. some days I just cry and wish I'd done mm. it differently or said it differently. Some days you really yeah. do feel hurt and you feel let down. Uh, I had a difficult time with a lot of employees where I felt like, uh, I, I, I blame myself that they, they weren't as successful as they could be, that there mm. probably was more I could have done or should have done, you know. And uh, on the yeah. other hand, you know, it's been a great life. Yeah. And it's been a great career. And, and I do have a lot of friends, and I do love us. And I yeah. love what we do, and I love what we are. 
Yeah, I so, love that. It's yeah. beautiful. And I, I think for me, it's been just really, like you said, honoring people's journeys of just where they're at in their life and not forcing your agenda on them. Well and that's, that's really had to, it's taken a lot of years to get yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of studying, a lot of yeah. self-growth. Yeah. I'm a John Maxwell coach now, so we do oh, a lot I love of courses. Oh, I love John. Yeah, going through yeah. that. You actually speak a lot like he does with your storytelling yeah. and everything, which yeah. I think is really, really yeah. awesome. And then the next one, uh, number four, is explain to people it matters to you, which I think is really, really profound. Talk a little bit more about that. Well, I, I love that. I think when, when, when people understand that, that how you are and who you are and what you are and what you sell and what you have and what you provide, if it matters to you, hmm. it almost always matters a little more to them. Yeah. It's like, oh, wow, maybe yeah. I found a good fit here. So mm -hmm. I think it's important to put that on the line. And basically what I had said to the students this morning was, look, this matters so much to me that I can promise you nothing will get in the way of you and I. You know, Carlton kept saying, can you take one more photo? I said, Carlton, I'll take photos till there's no more photos to take, no matter what it takes. Yeah. Of course I will, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And the little girl grabbed me and said, would you sign my CDs? I said, of course I'll sign Aww. your CDs. You know, what? whatever, yeah. you know, you kind of. So I think mm -hmm. if you let them know right up front, explain to someone, this matters to me. And, and in, in our business especially, it matters to me what you use on your hair. It matters to me where you go to get your hair cut. It matters to me that if I think you need color, maybe it is time for color. You know, I, I mm -hmm. want to be in that place with you. So... That's kind yeah. of where I come from with that. It's just, and mm -hmm. I think for them to understand that that that's a that that's an interesting part of selling too. Yeah. Yeah. And I love when you said uh, if someone comes at you and asks about you know they're using some color that was in the grocery store whatever and uh, and then you said you know I'm a licensed professional and I use professional products. Of course. That's the best answer that you could say. Yeah. Well, too. Uh, I mentioned earlier, I'm known for all things good. I want to focus on good and what's yeah. good in people and what's good in stuff. I don't want to tell somebody a product sucks right. or that they shouldn't use that product. Yeah. I want to tell them that I just don't know. Here's what I know. I know that I'm a professional mm -hmm. and I stay with professional. Uh, the rest is up to you because I try to get yeah. the students to understand that, that uh, a, a lot of people, they believe stronger in TV than they do a hairdresser. So they buy from True. what the TV tells them yes. instead of having that relationship with a hairdresser uh -huh. where they're like, look, here's what you have to do. <laughs> you know? And I'll never forget uh, when Frank Gambusa was the, uh, uh, the president, president of Intercofier. Inter mm -hmm. I had him over my house. Mm. And I were on the front porch and I said, Frank, all of my neighbors use professional products. And nice. he said, uh, you're lying. I said, no, I'm not lying. I said, they all do. He goes, you got to be kidding. How do you know? I said, I know because I give them to him. He said, you give your neighbors professional products. Wow. I said, yeah. And he said, well, I said, Frank, do your neighbors ever invite you over to eat? He goes, yes. What do you bring? He goes, well, I bring a bottle of wine. I said, well, why? Are you a wine merchant or you a hair cutter? Wow. Why don't you bring shampoo and conditioner? Because you're going to get in the bathroom. You're going to move that curtain. Oh you're going to look in the bathroom and see what they're using and want to come out and say something. So I think it becomes, if, they, if, they, if it matters enough, if the caring is there enough, then it becomes, in every way that I can, let me brand me. Wow. In every way possible. But Christmas is coming. I've got probably 20 baskets at home mm -hmm. that will be filled with professional products. That everything I do at Christmas has to do with beauty yeah. because beauty is what I am. 
Yeah. Right. And I love that because, you know, when we talk about this, because let's let's talk to that hairstylist that should always be looking the part. Right. Because you do hair. So why don't you have your hair styled wherever you go? Uh Hello. Does it really matter to you? Like as a client and I look at some stylists, it's like, I really don't want to go to you because you don't look like a hairstylist. First thing I look at is their hair, their skin and their nails. Yeah. And that I take it right from then. I'm like, okay, I got Mm -hmm. it. And one of the things I try to teach like CEOs, executives and stuff Mm -hmm. all the time is don't dress for the, don't dress for the money you're making. Dress for the money you want to make. Yeah. You know, start to get dressed up. Start to, and, and your hair, skin and nails has everything to do with that. And when you feel good about you, everything else changes. It does. You know, it's so easy for some of us. Yeah. Yeah. Be prepared. Like do your hair. Yeah. (laughs) Do your makeup. I love that. Okay. So uh, number five is be precise. Talk a little bit more about that. What do you mean specifically by being precise? I do it more for the younger audience than the older audience. They they want to sometimes make sure you understand who they are and where they're coming from, when even the reality is that they don't quite know yet. So they okay. they come out with an elaborate story of this is who I am and this is what I do and this is why I'm doing this, what I'm going to become, this is where I'm going to go. And I love when people share their dreams with me, but you know what? When, when, when you and I are having a conversation, I want as much space as you do. So I want to try to teach them the importance of being precise. That So people need to understand sometimes, get to the point, get your point across, and then give that person a chance to, to talk on. Right? Yeah, fewer words, more meaning. No yes. Doubt. Yes, I love it. <laughs> get to the point. Yeah. And, you know, I think something I was thinking about earlier about being a mentor and having a mentee and, you know, be a good mentee. You know, I, I, be prepared. Yeah. Be prepared for yeah. your mentor. Yeah. I just actually wrote a uh, beautiful reference letter for my assistant for many years, Tracy Robinson. Mm. And Tracy, we decided, has now developed wings and she's going to fly away. And next year, she's mm-hmm. going to do some seminars on her own. Wow. And I said in beautiful. the reference letter, oh, Tracy, I can't wait to sit in your seminar. And, and I didn't say to her, but what mm-hmm. I wanted to say was, I want to look for a little bit of me and you. Yeah. So that I see that I'm going on. You know how mm-hmm. you do that? It's your legacy. When, when, yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. I love that. Okay, cool. so number six is you have to believe in you. And I love what you said earlier is that self-doubt is negative programming. No yeah, you yeah. got to program yourself. Yeah. So, so talk a little bit about that. What was your transformational moment when you finally believed in you? And even today you said you were transparent and you said, you know, I got up on stage and I thought... I don't think I'm, I'm ready for this. I don't uh-huh. know if they want to hear what I have to say. Uh-huh. You know, where'd that self-doubt come from and, and how do you push through that? First, I want to back up for a minute and say that uh, we were talking earlier and I might have gotten a little uh, confused, but I think one of the biggest differences in me becoming a good boss and a good leader was I began to choose honesty over nice. Mm. And and I do That's that good. now, even with my audience. I want to be nice. I want them to love me. I want them. I mean, I, I, I like I like the love, and I like to be funny, and I like, but I want them to know I don't have a lot of time here. I have 90 minutes to blow your mind. So there might be at some point where I'm going to be honest, like with your one girl there that was kind of her head down shaking, and I, I, I walked over and stood by her until she lifted her head up and wanted to say to her, look, you're... Your school's paying thousands of dollars to have me here, and you can't stay awake. Why don't I stay right by you, and I'll just help you stay awake until yeah. I get through? Uh-huh. So I just wanted to first off yeah. share that I think that you do reach a point where you have to choose honesty over nice, 
and and that kind of protects you but it also makes you able to say I don't have time but I have to share this this mm -hmm. is this is of, 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 of optimum importance to you now what was that the, was so good yes. I love when you said choose honesty over nice because you know it's funny I, I just joke with some of my staff you know I was just coaching a staff member uh, last week and and I said you know I said if you could become more of a people challenger and stop being such a people pleaser I think you could be really successful in this company and uh, and she was like yeah I know I just really struggle with that and I said I know we're be nice or else but you should be mean but yeah. I love the fact that you said choose honesty over nice because being nice is being honest and I'm telling you every person I coach tells me just be honest with me right just be honest with me and what I'm, keeps people from being honest if you set it up to because I care yeah I don't have a lot yeah. of time let me be honest right now like I oh I don't want to yeah um, that's good yeah and sometimes I will ask people I'll say do you want me to be honest or nice yeah oh exactly yeah <laughs> which me. one and Give they always pick honest yeah of they course. always do do well, I have permission to push you you don't realize that most people will always choose nice over honest so when you're asking yeah. for true feedback you're not getting it no you're getting people saying no you were good you I said I don't want to know if I was good I know yeah. I'm good tell me what was great tell me what moved you tell me what you remembered tell me tell me how I get from there to there that's not with yeah. you saying you were good, good, good. You know, no, that's give good. me the give me what I need mm -hmm. to to jump to the next plateau. Jump. Yeah. I think that's the challenge that I see with every salon owner that I coach. Gino is that they don't know how to be honest and hold their staff accountable. Oh, I agree. They're so frustrated with their staff. They'll complain about them, but never talk to them. And so I have to teach them how to script themselves. Again, let's script you of how to talk to your staff, you know, of how to be yeah, honest yeah, and nice yeah, at the same time, yeah. right? And you know, some of them, it, it's really not that hard. Uh, you you want to be careful today that there's so much information. Don't mm -hmm. get buried in, in, in everybody's different logics. You want to be a great leader then, then practice and mm. read and study being a good leader and do be honest over nice at times. You want to have a great salon, create an environment where you understand what their issues are. You show them how to get past their issues and how to be productive and make money. Yeah. Nobody leaves the salon in December. Exactly. Nobody. Never. They're all making yeah. money. They're all busy. They're all doing it's January well. January in Michigan. January when they're looking <laughs> at their bills and thinking, boy, it's slow yep. here. I think I'm going. And the, the hardest part for people to understand is when somebody decides they're going, the first thing they want to do is validate their decision by telling everybody else, I'm going. Wouldn't you go? How come you're not going? Yeah. Let's go. And the mm -hmm. next thing you know, everybody's going. Yeah. But really, it started with just a let, let me validate that. So I think it's important just to... to to take if if you're in charge take charge yeah you no know? that's beautiful okay yeah. so we have uh, two more uh, number seven is learn how to sell <laughs> well, hello and you know that's so hard it's yes. so hard uh -huh. uh, because they 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 even in beauty school they want to fall into I'm an artist not mm -hmm. a salesperson and I'll always say to them, I know artists that have starved to death. Yeah. You know, there's a famous artist that had no money, so he cut off his ear and sent that yeah. to his girlfriend. <laughs> yes. Do you want that to be you? No, no. no. So you've got to understand not only how to sell products, how to sell yourself, how to sell your services, how to mm -hmm. sell your industry. You should have seen their faces when I said to them, I had 11 friends in, in when I was in beauty school come to my beauty school and sign up. 
Wow. Eleven friends. That is so incredible. It's yeah. easy to sell when you love what you do mm -hmm. and you love who you are and you love and you have the passion and the excitement. So I think it's important, and yeah. I think a lot of them they they shy away from, which is why I spend so much time talking caper. They shy away from the fact. I guess what I should have shared if I had time that I didn't was the hard part of selling is we're always going to hear no and we're always going to be rejected. But that's the hardest part. Now, is every client going to say no? No. And is every client going to reject you? Absolutely not. So if you ask every client, more clients will say yes. Yes, they'll buy you, they'll buy your services, they'll buy your products. Yeah. And it's just a matter of understanding that you're going to hear no, you know, and that it's okay. Mm. It, you're not rejected for a long time. Boom, it goes away and you start over again. Yeah. I think Zig Ziglar said one time that he learned he had to visit 18 houses before somebody would buy pots and pans. So he said he would knock on a door and if a lady said no, he said, oh, thank you. If I get four more no's, I know I'm going to get yes. a yes. And that's what drove him you <laughs> I know, love to the next that. place. That reminds me of John Paul DeGioia with uh, Encyclopedias. He tells oh. that story and, and just rejection is just so key to yeah. being successful Absolutely. be rejected right Absolutely. No doubt about it. <laughs> I love it okay so learn how to sell and number eight the very last one pay attention to what's important and we, we you really hit hard on learning how to read people well and I think that that is the key to I don't care what career you're in learn how to read people match yeah. their tone you know match yeah. you know who they are and really understand personality types that's why I, be I became a disc trainer because I knew I as a leader I need to read my team and you do a nice job so thank you you do well thank you I think that uh, we're getting back to there's so much information people live on their phones people have mm -hmm. have podcasts people have books people there's so much information there's so many people telling you things you don't know what to believe and there's a great old saying that says what you focus on is what gets done yeah what I try to get them to understand is pay attention to what's important you're not going to be great at everything you can't take care of everything one of my children was just talking about how much she wants to uh, contribute. She, she wishes she had time, and I said, you will. Not now, in 25 years. You'll mm -hmm. have all the time you want to contribute. So just put your life in perspective and pay attention, and pay attention right now to what's important right now. Mm -hmm. And what I try to say to them is, if you're going to school and going to work, then stop everything else and get through school and get through work because you, you can't do everything well. No. You know, now they're yeah. saying the worst thing we ever did was tried to multitask. You do one thing at a time and you do it well. And I believe that we all should earn the right to be masters at what we do. And the way you become a master at what you do is you focus on what you do with all of your ability. Mm. You pay attention to everything about what you do and don't let yourself scatter. Not a mm. shotgun. You know, try to keep everything kind of tight and focused. Yeah. Right? How do you do that, Gino? How do you not? Because that's hard for me, you know. So coach me. How do I keep myself from being scattered? <laughs> My husband says, she says yes to everything. <laughs> Don't. Learn how to yeah, say no. how to say no. And realize that uh, if, if, if in the course of the day you're at three yeses, realize that the fourth yes will actually devalue the other three mm. yeses. You, yeah. you, you either won't have the energy or you won't yeah. have the time. Or I said to Sarah, you know, bring me in, work me. I love to work. I said, but do give me a couple little breaks that I can hide from everybody just for me yeah. and catch my breath and focus on, yep. you know, where I'm at and what I'm doing. So I think yeah. you, you do have to learn how to say, and I think the greatest way to say no, like in your situation, mm -hmm. would be to say, I would love to say yes, 
But if I say yes to you, it's unfair to the other yeses I had today because yeah. I don't have time for them all. So mm -hmm. let's find another time. And yeah. I think if you can find the right words and look mm -hmm. at communicating effectively, once you do it a couple times, you'll love it. You, you start to you start to develop this strength in yourself of, oh my goodness, I'm taking care of me. I'm being careful not to spread yeah. myself too thin. I'm yeah. being careful to, and I think that the true answer is, you have an obligation to everyone you know to be who you are. Mm -hmm. And you know what you need to eat, drink, sleep, and do to be what you are. Yes. And if ever you're scattering mm -hmm. from that, it's your primary job. Tighten that up and be then. Last night, Sarah called me, wanted to talk about something for today, and I texted her back and I said, forgive me, I'm in bed. And she texted back real quick, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I said, no, 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 it's okay. I said, I'm in bed with all my notes all over the bed. I said, but it's 8.30, mm -hmm. and I knew I had to get up at 4 o'clock. I yeah. said, I just wanted to at least be in bed because my wife's downstairs drinking wine, and I didn't want to go down there and start uh. drinking wine with her, stay focused. So I think probably I love it. it's one of the hardest lessons you'll learn. It is. Is to you have an obligation to keep yourself mm -hmm. tight and be who you are. No, that's really powerful. Sarah Kabeski, who we're talking about, which I just absolutely love her because she has really paved the way of how to be a great mentee. And I'm so proud of her growth. And, and she's been in our companies since she graduated from yeah, my school. Yeah. And I just absolutely love her. And I love the fact that you have been integral in her life. And this last year, she told me, she said, Tina, this is the year of Sarah Kay. She finally is saying yes to herself uh -huh. and yes to what's best in yes. her life. And I, I know that it. you've been a part of that. Uh, so. You know, I can still remember the first time I looked when she went to Beacon. Yeah. And I looked into her eyes and I said, you've mm -hmm. got something, girl. Oh, she does. Let me help you. You've got something. She's amazing. Oh, and she's just getting there. You know yeah. that. She, oh, I yeah, know it. You're right. And yeah. I'm just loving the, the person that she's becoming right now. My word this year is new. And I, I really see it. a lot of new and coming out of her. How <laughs> cool is it that we're here on a podcast yeah. and we're celebrating the success of a coworker. Mm -hmm. Yes. I mean, isn't that really? Yeah, it's what it's all about. It is it's, what it's, it's all about. It's my ministry. Yeah. You know, I for agree. sure. So yeah. I appreciate you so much. So as we end out this podcast, I want to know um, how can people get a hold of you? I know you have an incredible web website, www.genostampora.com. Right. And we'll put that in the show notes. Perfect. And uh, And what's next for you? And what's some remaining last words you want to give everybody? Well, uh, next for me. Uh, I've decided after serious thought about retiring, I never want to retire. So next for me will be, I want to leave a written video audio legacy mm. on becoming your best in beauty. Mm. And we've begun with my last program that I just did called Mentors and Masters. It was totally unbranded. It was just by me, done by me and my friend Nikki Lee Trowbridge. And uh, we're going to do a few more upcoming this year. So that would be pretty much what I want to do, what I want to be known for within the industry. And I think uh, the greatest advice I could give anybody who's listening is just truthfully stay the course. Stay Give the your course. all. Give your all. Don't let anybody let you sell yourself short. Give mm. 100%, 100% of the time, and it will come back to you. You will make it happen. And if there's issues, always look to someone with worse mm. issues and help them and know that God will solve your issues for you. It's basically how life works. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to send us your stories of transformation through www.tinablack.net. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to give it a rating and subscribe. See you next time.